some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics and trash from a feminist perspective. I'm Isabel Hawthorburn. And I'm Katie Winton. Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land and we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay our respects to elders both past and present. And we'd like to acknowledge that uh, sovereignty was never ceded. We're excited this morning to be talking with Johnny Hawkins a little bit later, um, who you might know from the incredible short film Joy Boy, which aired on SBS on Thursday night, and it's available on SBS On Demand at the moment. If you haven't already watched it, it's so lovely. It's available right now for free, and it will warm your heart. (laughs) I haven't seen it yet, so I'm really excited to chat to Johnny about it, but it's based on a true story, and it revisits pivotal moments in Johnny's life. Um, So the character of Johnny is a young man caught between his conservative family and the church and his emergent sexuality. So Joy Boy follows his journey to fully embracing his inner self, his sexuality and his joy. You might actually recognize Johnny from the production of Mary Zimmerman's Metamorphosis, which is now playing at the Old Fitz. Um, or you might also recognize him as one half of Disco Queen DJ's Dollar Bin Darlings. Um, and you might even have been married by him at one point in your life or his because before he was an actor slash DJ slash like so many other things (laughs) he was a celebrant which is extremely fortuitous because today on Agenda we're talking about the institution of marriage and much like issues like parenting, competitive sport and love, we really have no idea what we're talking about, uh, which is why at moments like this we defer to the experts and to you, the listener, in our segment, Thoughts That Count. Stick around for Thoughts That Count a little bit later on in the show when we'll be asking, is marriage still a patriarchal institution or has marriage equality made getting hitched a little bit less oppressive? We're going to hear from a researcher into marriage and feminism and a couple of friends who took the leap and married each other with a friendship commitment ceremony. We'd like to hear your thoughts. Are you married? Why did you get married? Are you not married? Are you Why not married? <laughs> Tell us about your decisions around marriage. 0409 945 945. Maybe just tell us if you watch Married at First Sight. I feel oh like that's God. enough to kind of... That's a big bag of worms. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah more on that later. Uh, we'll also bring you exciting gossip about Sade. Um, the Janelle, la- Monet? Janelle Monet, the latest in fashion news from the Gucci runway featuring models carrying their own severed heads on the catwalk and a, a special feminist winter Olympics exclusive right after this track. Katie practiced saying <laughs> Pyeongchang like 14 times. I'm very disappointed that you didn't follow through. Pyeongchang, <laughs> practice. Thanks, Izzy. This is Courtney Barnett's <laughs> new Margaret Atwood quoting song, Nameless, Faceless. You're listening to FBI.
You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, where most weeks we focus on celebrity news, gossip and popular culture. However, we're diversifying our portfolio because, as it turns out, gender inequality and representational bias are issues in other arenas. Huge, if true. You heard it here on Agenda First. Gender inequality is an issue. Yeah, we don't often touch on gender equality in sport, actually. Mainly because... You think that yoga is a sport? <laughs> <laughs> and aqua aerobics. Yeah, aqua aerobics. I actually wonder if there's Olympic aqua aerobics. Do you know? I don't think so because it's not a sport. So <laughs> I definitely I think, I think no. I'd be in it with a pretty decent shot. And also you've never been, so I don't think you can comment I've on it. I've seen it. I like I like get FOMO as I'm doing my laps and watching all the ladies have fun. It is in, the um, best. Anyway, um, to go back to the 1924 first ever Winter Olympics, um, there were only 11 female athletes among the 258 competitors and every single one of them was a figure skater. And they had to wear really, really long dresses. I forgot to mention that before, that they were like, you have to do figure skating in like a floor length gown. Just FYI, like there's nothing wrong with figure skating. It was No, just... figure skating is amazing. Yeah. Ha- have you seen it? Because now they've changed. You don't have to listen. You don't have to play classical music. So it's like they're dressed up as like Sailor Moon and they're doing like all sorts of amazing things. That is very cool. Yeah, figure skating is definitely what's up in the Olympics at the moment. (laughs) But even up until 2012, Brunei, Qatar and Saudi Arabia banned women from competing altogether in the Summer Games and they have yet to send a female athlete to the Winter Olympics. Yeah, China actually stands out as the only country with female majority teams at the all-Winter Olympic Games since 1988. So Chinese sports women started to receive equal coaching equipment, facilities and wages in the 1950s. So two or more decades earlier than in many Western countries and there were pretty soon bringing in more medals than their male counterparts which earned them like even more support yeah i mean say what you will about mao but it's a pretty good test case for kind of investing in gender equality in sport rather than waiting for each of the kind of what are they called what are sports called each of the <laughs> um genres i don't know what, sport, <laughs> like, what is a sport genre each, each sporting like league? code code league? each category code, category um waiting for those codes to kind of like <laughs> level up basically um so it means that yeah I, th- I think it's like a good ex- a good kind of test case for that um so even though the olympic program after the 1990s oh so sorry a few sports have been opened both to men and women from the beginning mainly those added to the olympics program after the 1990s such as snowboarding uh, but for most that um, were opened up in the 1960s um, it took decades longer than China for women to come close to equal representation. Yeah even in disciplines where female athletes have have achieved equal participation many of their events have different durations and distances stereotyping women as weaker and as less skilled than men um, and that also like doesn't even begin to touch on the huge discrimination that trans competitors face as well so like I don't know. I wonder if Olympic sports should eradicate the gender binary categories altogether. Yeah, definitely. Well, the Olympic eventually, and I will in um, the Olympics committee's agenda for 2020 includes a push for gender equality at the Olympic Games. So maybe next Olympics we'll we'll be seeing lady skiers doing big jumps, (laughs) baby steps, baby steps. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's the end of sports. Well, we talk about the genres of sport. Uh, back to trash, though. The upcoming 40th anniversary of Mardi Gras is set to be, be host a Netflix float. Um, talk about commodification. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, But it will mean that um, features like Oranges and New Black's Danielle Brooks, um, Leah Delaria, who's Big Boo, and Yale Stone, um, as well as 13 Reasons Why stars Christian Navarro, who plays a queer character, Tony, and Alicia Bowe, 
uh, will be on the Netflix float, which is kind of cool. In Sydney? In Sydney. So we have Cher. We have heaps of... Oh, I'm so jealous that I'm not going to Cher. I know. Well, if I had a spare 400... (laughs) Well, that was my thoughts. But, like, imagine being in the room when she played Believe. Like, the happiness in that room. Yeah. I, I, it, pants. I can't. Yeah. I can't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in other news, Romance Might Not Be Dead, thanks to Kalela, who played a gig in London last night. So midway through her song, Go All Night, she brought out a special guest, but rather than another performer, it was a fan from Philadelphia. And it turns out the fan was being surprised with an onstage proposal from her now fiancé. There we go. Well, we have a running tally of yeah. marriage, yes or no. Um, so far, someone's texted in saying, marriage, it's a business for the lawyers. Don't do it. So that's going to be in our no one column. for no. Katie, you're <laughs> I'm, I'm going to no. be anti. I'll put you down for anti. Yeah, marriage. thanks. <laughs> I am pro because the weddings are so much fun <laughs> and I love a party. So we've got two no's, one yes. Two no's, one yes. I feel like the Kalela moment is a yes for... Also, I'm really surprised by that Kalela moment because I feel like of all the musicians that would do an onstage proposal for a fan, I wouldn't have expected it to have been her. There you go. So, Kalela will put down for yes. It's a draw. It's Mari, what are you? Yes or no? Give us a th- Mari, no. Mari's no. no. <laughs> Strong no. <laughs> All right. There you go. Let Straight us Straight away, thumbs down. 0409-945-955. Come on. Marriage. <laughs> yes or Everyone no? Everyone loves a wedding. And then we'll get down into the discussion about whether it's feminist or not. But we just want to straight up vote, first of all. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... In other music news, Sade has recorded a new original song for the upcoming film adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time. So director Ava DuVernay um, announced the news on her Twitter account and she said, I never thought that she'd say yes, but asked anyway. She was kind and giving, a goddess. We began a journey together that I'll never forget. So just to recap, A Wrinkle in Time is directed by Ava DuVernay, uh, stars Oprah and Mindy Kaling and music exclusive... uh, exclusively made by Sade, who hasn't brought out music in eight years. Yeah, can you imagine that? Just, like, DMing Sade and being like, hey, can you do the music? And she's like, um, yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. Like, ah! so I good. mean, that seems like the film to do it in, though. Definitely. It's going to be like, amazing. Like, it seems like a good fit for Sade. Yeah, it's got, like, parallel universes yeah. and, like, Reese Witherspoon. It's going to be so very Just good. Just that CGI Oprah, like, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And Oprah being like, you are the only one yeah. who can save the universe. <laughs> like, yes, I just need her to say that to me every morning. <laughs> But not be president. Um, but not be president. Right. No. She is not qualified. <laughs> um, in fashion news uh, from Milan Fashion Week, Gucci models have strutted the runway, carrying replicas of their own severed heads last week. Taking inspiration from Donna Haraway's Cyborg Manifesto, the creative director of Gucci, Alessandro Michel, uh, rejected rigid boundaries, aiming to overcome the duality and dichotomy of identity with the runway show. So... It's very cool. It's very cool. I feel like it very accurately distills the vibe of 2013. Just like carrying... 2013. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at. No, because the three and the eight look similar. Oh, yeah. 2018, because it's just like carrying your own severed head. So that's <laughs> where we're at. I'm obviously not here because I'm in 2013. <laughs> so the Gucci cyborg is post-human, the show notes explained. Um, it said, the show notes said, it has eyes on its hands, faux horns, drags, dragons, puppies, and doubling heads. It's a biologically indefinite and culturally aware creature. The last and extreme sign of a mongrel identity under constant transformation. The symbol of an emancipatory possibility through which we can decide to become what we are. Hmm. Models walked uh, the show holding replicas of their own heads to recreate their faces. Oh, did you say that already? Um, they were made in silicon and plaster and their faces scanned at special with special visual effects uh, at a special 
visual effects facility in Rome six months ago, um, and they use 3D impressions to capture their expressions because they they look very sad. It's the seven but heads they are look like, identical to yeah. the models' faces. Like it's yeah. pretty amazing. It's not like a botchy no. Madame Two Swords kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Totally. It's like very very good. I watched a video of it on Gucci's Instagram, and it was like pretty wild pretty good yeah yeah cool um and the like the technology was finished with like hand texturing by artisans in that factory's laboratory oh my gosh so uh definitely check that out um cool. in more music and blockbuster crossover news tessa thompson and janelle monet are dating and you probably know who janelle monet is and you might also recognize tessa thompson from dear white people um and thor ragnarok or from dragging lena dunham pretty hard about her time's up spotlight grabbing uh, you might also recognize her from Janelle Monet's new f- video clip. It's called Make Me Feel, and critics are calling it a sexually charged celebration of bisexuality. There you go. Which is cool. Yes, here it is now. And stick around because next on Thoughts That Count, we're asking you about the institution of marriage. As of right now, marriage is losing. So <laughs> we only have. There's five votes in we the We have five rings altogether. <laughs> um, let us know what you think 0409 945 945. Marriage, yes or no? Baby, don't make me spell it out for you All of the feelings that I got for you Can't be explained, but I can try for you Yeah, baby, don't make me spell it out for you You keep on asking me the same questions And second-guessing all my intentions Should know by the way I use my compression that you got the answers to my confessions It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender And emotional, sexual bender Mess me up, yeah, but no one does it better There's nothing better That's just the way you make me feel That's just the way you make me feel That's just the way you make me feel Uh-huh so good, so good, so fucking real. Uh huh. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. You know I love it, so please don't stop it. You got me right here in your jean pocket. Laying your body on the shag carpet. Oh, you know I love it, so please don't stop it. Just the way you make me feel. Just the way you make me feel. 
just a thought, just a thought, just a thought. Thoughts that count. Agenda on FBI Radio. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio and it's now time for our Thoughts That Count segment where we asked a few different people throughout the week what they think about marriage and feminism and the relationship between those two things. In Australia in 2016 saw an increase in the number of marriages from the previous year by 4.2% with with 4.9% of marriages per 1,000 estimated residents in the population. So marriage in the overall Australian population is going up. However... FBI listeners, a little bit different. <laughs> it's a pretty resounding no as it stands. It's just me and Kalella in the yes. Actually, we just got one new text. It says, hmm, marriage. Trick question. If we're talking the typical institution known throughout the Western world as marriage, then God no. But if it's my version of marriage, one created by me and my partner, for me and my partner, then absolutely yes. While it's still less common than a decade or two ago, it's clearly an institution that's still going strong. And I actually found this pretty um, surprising because I'm nearly 30 and not many of my friends and relatives are married, but maybe that's because we're in a state of suspended adolescence and we probably can't afford to do it either. (laughs) But if I had like, if I was a richer woman, then I'd probably be (laughs) getting up at a Kalela concert and proposing. Would you? No, but like... (laughs) (laughs) Would you propose to me as a friend? Yeah, well, that's the thing. (laughs) And and the thing is, it is an industry. Yeah, it's an industry that's worth 30 million in Australian weddings alone. 300. 300 million. Shit, sorry. Another zero there. 300 (laughs) million in Australian weddings alone, which is pretty bananas. Um, So we wanted to ask you... Well, originally we wanted to ask you, why do people get married? Can it be feminist? But now we've just boiled that question down to... Marriage. Yes or no. Yes or no. (laughs) (laughs) Text us 0409 945 945. We also asked, because we don't know a lot about this topic, and also because we have some pretty... Like, you know, I think there are uh, arguments for and against marriage and there it's are ways diplomatic. that... It, no, but there are. And there, and there are ways that you can uh, interpret marriage to mean something that, mm. you know, doesn't necessarily reflect the patriarchal institution of marriage that it originated as. Um, but we got some other thoughts from <laughs> people who know more than us. Um, so this is RMIT University's Dr. Megan Tyler about her research into marriage and feminism and how that patriarchal history of marriage plays out today. We're just... Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm Dr. Megan Tyler and I'm a senior lecturer at RMIT University in Melbourne and I recently co-edited a collection called Freedom Fallacy, The Limits of Liberal Feminism and my contribution in that collection was a chapter on the modern politics of marriage, looking at that from a feminist perspective, um, particularly in the Australian context. And I was really motivated to do that because I had seen so much coverage, very superficial coverage, uh, about marriage in the last few years. Uh, The assertion, for example, that if you are a feminist and you get married, that somehow makes feminism um, and marriage compatible or it makes marriage a feminist institution. And I argued that we really don't have any history of feminist theory or activism to support the idea that marriage is purely individual choice and if feminists enter into it, we can somehow fundamentally change the patriarchal origins of the institution. So I instead talked about the way in which we can't ignore the harmful history of marriage and the way that that continues to play out in modern-day scenarios. So looking at, for example, the incredibly high numbers of women that still change their name at marriage in Australia, it's upwards of about 80%, and that's still a marker of male ownership. You might feel you individually choose it, but it doesn't change the social meaning behind it. And also issues of 
you know, the more mundane everyday household tasks, married women do uh, a hell of a lot more than women in de facto relationships, even when you account for children. Um, And also looking at how recently we've had legal changes to even recognise women as full persons under the law in marriage. So looking at marital rape law, for example, um, some states in Australia, it was only in the late 1980s that we had changes that actually said it was illegal for a man to rape his wife. Um, I guess I have also seen that superficiality play out in public discussions about same-sex marriage, um, and that irritated me as well, that we were really missing that critique from the gay and lesbian liberation movement of the 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s, which said this is an institution we need to overthrow, not one that we need to ask for permission um, of entry into as a kind of heterosexual norm. So I think we've still got a lot of work to do, and I think we could definitely be talking about these issues in far more radical terms than we do at the moment. Okay, so I'm going to put Dr. Megan Taylor down as a no on marriage. Uh, We're going to hear from the other side of the camp, two friends, Ash and Anne, who took the leap um, in their friendship and married each other in a friendship ceremony. Um, We're going to hear from Ash and Anne now. I think it's really important to acknowledge um, friendships, especially powerful female friendships, as much as um, any, any other sort of relationship you have with a partner. That's true. It's a weird construct that people can't show love and affection to their friend just as much as they show to their partner or have ceremonies or gestures yeah. to their friends rather than just their partner. Yeah, totally. I think the ceremonial part of it is like, yeah, it's really special and yeah. it's it's not a thing. It's like a bit of a joke, but yeah. why shouldn't it be taken why seriously? It be? Yeah. Because some people might only have intimate friendships as opposed to an intimate relationship. Yeah. And in many ways, they can be way more fulfilling. I mean, they can be lifelong. They can be way more steady. And obviously, they're going to have their ups and downs. But, you know, they're... Yeah. I think that there's a lot of um, pressure put on the idea of a soulmate being someone that is, like, your partner. That you have, like, a financial and sexual relationship with. But... Your soulmate could also be your best friend. Absolutely. I feel the same way. That's how I felt when I proposed to you. Yeah, I agree. Because actually, I just wanted to have a party. So at the start, it was kind of a bit of a joke because you were going to Mexico for a little while and I wanted to have a party. And then I proposed to you as a as a kind of a joke, but it was like, let's just have a party. Let's get married. We'll invite all our friends. It'll be fun. Yeah. But then it was it was actually really special and it was really fun and we got some great photos. Yeah. Both got dressed up in our white dresses. Yeah. All our friends and like partners were there to give us away. We wrote, wrote vows. <laughs> chose a wedding song. Yeah. Um, and then had a killer party. And then the best part was when we went out afterwards. Oh and yeah. Then, oh, we even went on a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> best part was when we went out afterwards and we were at. Um, Parkside, and we were just standing in the corner together, kind of pissed, and we were like, "You're the best, babe. Like, yeah. love and you." So many people were coming up and congratulating. Yeah. Like, How was the ceremony? Yeah. Like, we heard it was really special. Congrats on your big day, and we were like, "Thank you. Yes, <laughs> like we love each other, and this is a lifelong, a lifelong, um, you know, marriage and of friendship, and you know, and." Commitment, you know, yeah. it's a commitment ceremony. It was a commitment That's what it was. Ceremony. So the time marriage, marriage between two people, wasn't. Yeah, and I and I do take it seriously. Like I feel committed to you. Yeah, as I feel friend, committed to you absolutely. As soulmate. And yeah, that's right. And 
also people were like, this is really important yeah. to acknowledge. And, and it makes people think about it, doesn't it? Like, yeah. why can't yeah. why can't there be a certain kind of intimacy or commitment to a friendship just as much as there is, as it's celebrated with, you know, a couple, a romantic couple? Yeah, why are these rules still yeah. in place that kind of dictate how we should Yeah. But also, at that time as well, we were both like, we were spending so much time together. Yeah. We were like sleeping over yeah, several times a night. Yeah, we just wanted to spend all the time, all the time we could together because, and that was so fun and so nice. We still like want to do that, but it's, you know, harder things get in the way, like yeah. jobs and whatever. We were ladies of pleasure at the time. But then, yeah, also you're taught that that's kind of weird or that that's unusual, but why can't friends just sleep over, spend heaps of time together, you yeah. know? kind of be intimate in a way that's not sexual but yeah spend be really really close the way that couples do yeah i actually have had that reaction as well from a few friends when i'm like oh staying at this person's house they're like oh really like you still yeah. have sleepovers like why should Ew. that stop? yeah exactly it should if anything that's it's what it's all about it makes yeah. it so yeah that's the patriarchy saying that to be suspicious of of other women of, of friendships yeah that are that are not you know or women that are too close people are suspicious of. Yeah, I think it all comes back to a little bit of a patriarchal mindset. If yeah. Like, Friendships are not as valuable as like yeah. a heterosexual kind of... Or they're not allowed to be. Yeah, unless they're exactly... That was a lovely message there from Ash and Anne about their friendship commitment ceremony. It didn't actually make me excited about marriage, though. It made me more excited about friendship. And it was such a lovely thing to observe this Valentine's Day because we have such an enormous industry built around marriage and Valentine's Day and heterosexual expressions of romantic love, but not about friendship. So it was nice to see so many people taking the opportunity this Valentine's Day um, to talk about the love in their friendships. And one of the really beautiful ones uh, came from the amazing Alok Vade Menon. So they said, I want a world where friendship is appreciated as a form of romance. I want a world where when people ask if I'm seeing anyone, we can list the names of all our best friends and no one will bat an eyelid. I want monuments and holidays and certificates and ceremonies to commemorate friendship. I want a world that doesn't require us to be in sexual romantic partnerships to be seen as mature, let alone um, complete. I want a movement that fights for all forms of relationships, not just the sexual ones. I want thousands of songs and movies and poems about intimacy between friends. I want a world where our worth isn't linked to our destiny, our security security to our monogamy, our family to our biology. Yeah, that was such a beautiful quote. Um, And that was also such a beautiful segment from Ash and Anne um, and we got a few really lovely texts in one of them just said fuck yes friends <laughs> and then another one said made me so happy to hear um, which is really yeah I think it is kind of a radical act to invest in and value your friendships absolutely yeah and I think it's um, yeah to a degree society asks you to kind of um, yeah I think it is um Really radical. And it sounded like people were like really excited about it yeah. as well. Like people being like, congratulations on your big day. Um, and yeah, it's a radical act to invest and value your friendship to the degree that society asks you to do in a romantic relationship. Because I think like heterosexual relationships are so linked to production, to buying a house and producing offspring. And the kind of friendship that Ash and um, um, Anne have is like there is no production there it's just about their love for each other um and there's no kind of measurable economic outcomes so i think it's like yeah super radical 
uh, having said that, I'm a sucker for romantic love too. <laughs> and once I start making like really solid songs and movies and poems about friendship, then I'll I'll stop being so brainwashed, I think. Uh, you just need to look harder. <laughs> <laughs> Try harder. I'll write you a poem. Um, and there was another text that just came in that said, where can I hear this again? I want to show everyone. Aww. We'll put a link up on our Agenda Show page. Um, yeah, you can listen back online. Uh, we So we've been doing our uh, Thoughts That Count segment on marriage today and the institution of marriage and whether it can be feminist or whether it's inherently patriarchal. We've heard some really great opinions from a lot, of, a few different people um, and we've been asking you your thoughts on marriage. So we've got a tally running, yes or no. I'm going to put Ash and Anne down for yes. Two yeses. Because I think they um, redefined marriage in their own terms. Oh, got a text in from Joe Winton. Hang on. Marriage is not necessary in order to formalise a loving, committed relationship. I don't think it's negative. I just don't think it's imperative also women should not feel compelled to change their names i kept okay, mine for the first Jojo. six months <laughs> but ended up changing it as it seemed easier jojo that you can't have a maybe <laughs> yeah. yes or jojo, no. uh, give us a solid answer um we had they feel like we had a few babies we also had one that said marriage thumbs down wedding reception thumbs up actually i feel like yeah i kind of agree with that actually i want a big party i don't want the contract mm. um stick around to hear more about marriage for our chat with johnny hawkins who is the co-writer and actor of the short film joy boy which premiered last year on sbs last week Last last week, not last year, on SBS Viceland. We're going to talk to Johnny just after this track from Goat Girl. It's called The Man. Text us if you have any more lingering thoughts about marriage. 0409 945 945.
You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We're joined now by Johnny Hawkins, who promises to be good, um, co-writer and actor of short film Joy Boy, which premiered last week, I think on Thursday on SBS. Yeah, it was. Um, it went live to air on Thursday night on the SBS Viceland channel, but it's available on SBS On Demand. Go and watch it now. Um, so Joy Boy revisits pivotal moments in the life of Johnny, who is a young man caught between his conservative family, the church, and his emergent sexuality. Um, and it's based on a true story. Yeah, it's um, it's very much autobiographical. I play myself in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's my it's my coming out story. Or um, actually, it's kind of almost pre coming out in in one way. It's about how I came to that decision of deciding to live a reconciled life and be myself. Was that a difficult process to go through by telling your own story? It was some, in some ways I was like, this thing's writing itself. And then <laughs> in other ways, I really had to question like, why, why am I making this? What do I want out of it? Mm. And um, I think it's quite tricky when you're writing personal stories um, to talk about anything that you're still going through because I think that that's like the kind of part of indulgence on an, on an artist where they're like, oh, I'm talking about this. It's cathartic yeah, it's and cathartic. I can work and, it out. And yeah, and like I've seen shows, like I, I see a lot of theatre and you see shows where you're like, oh, you are talking about you right now and you've lost your audience. Yeah. But then I think it's very different like once you've been through a thing to look back on it and go, that was kind of an amazing experience and um, if it weren't for Steph Smith, who was the director and co-writer on it, um, she she and I met working on another job and she was like, Johnny, I think we should tell your story because I would tell her all of these weird stories. I call them my... Like, also, you have some pretty amazing stories. <laughs> yeah. like. It was like just a series of things I call the red flag moments where like if I was in any other family, they would have known that they had a gay son. Yeah. But because in my family, like it was... It was like, Johnny's just fun. Um, <laughs> what were some of the red flag moments? Um, like, I was a nine-year-old who Rainbow would pretty flag much only quote Golden Girls. <laughs> um, and we did homeschool, and it was like we took a break when Oprah was on. Like, I watched a lot of women on daytime television. Yes. Um, when I finally, like, sat HSC at regular school. You know how you have your related text for English? My related text was AbFab. And, yes! and, like, I think there was this point where the only person in the world that knew for sure that I was gay was, like, the examiner sitting at Homebush, <laughs> like, this kid's gay. <laughs> I was about to say fag, and I was like, you can't say fag. And I was like, I can say fag. And then I was like, we're on the radio. <laughs> it's I complicated. Said it seven times since. <laughs> <laughs> Gone from zero to 100. <laughs> and so often with stories that kind of focus on um, queer characters, um, it's, it's really most of the time steeped in tragedy. But Joy Boy is really, I mean, for want of a better word, joyful. <laughs> um, was that important for you to tell a kind of coming-of-age story that wasn't, like, deeply heartbreaking? Yeah. It, um, I really am about three-dimensional gay characters in films. Um, You're not you, a sidekick. Don't want to be a sidekick. <laughs> don't want to be the comic relief. Um, want to have flaws. But then at the same time... I think that there's a bit of a trope with with gay films that it it focuses on like a to straight acting gay men um and then it's also steeped in a romantic tragedy um that I think maybe this is I don't know I feel like they're catered towards a straight audience who feel very safe with that form of tragedy and go I'll never experience that it's beautiful mm -hmm. and then I'm like, no, it doesn't suck to be gay. It's actually really good. And 
I wake up every morning and I'm stoked that I'm Johnny Hawkins. Like, it's good. <laughs> it's a good thing to be gay. It's a good thing. So, yeah, but, you know, there's a, there's a hurdle in there. But ultimately, I wanted just a resounding, fun thing. And also, like what you were talking about before in the previous segment, I didn't want it to necessarily be a love story. Um, and it's it, it, there is another person in there that's part of that, but that's the expression of sexuality rather than... I was I was going for the straight guy and yeah, got a broken right. heart and yeah. then found a really nice gay guy at the end of the film like um yeah which also hasn't happened for me so very single um good it's out there now <laughs> text lines open 0499945945 and we've also been talking about marriage today on agenda and whether marriage is an institution that can ever be considered feminist you were a marriage celebrant at one point, or so Doughboy suggests. Um, has that informed your attitude towards marriage? So um, I'm becoming a marriage celebrant. Yes. And it's um, my little... When the whole, like, yes campaign thing was going on, I was just trying to find any way to have some light at the end of the tunnel. And I was like, I'm going to start this process and I'm going to be a marriage celebrant by the time it comes in. But then it came in so quickly. <laughs> so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm outdated. Um, but yeah, I, I plan to start a business called uh, Pink Dollar Weddings. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> At least you're very open about the, um, your business model. And But I don't think marriage is what it was. And do you know, I think there was a lot of, a lot of conservative right-wingers that were right allowing gays to get married is going to change marriage. Yeah, <laughs> in a great way. In a great way. Yeah. And I think it'll be a different expression rather than an institution mm-hmm. thing. I love the idea of a big a big old commitment ceremony. That idea of the friendship ceremony. Yeah. That, Do you have a friend that you yes. like to commit? I want to commit my whole life to my best friend, oh. Andreas. <laughs> um, Do you have a message you'd like to give Andreas this morning? If you could please play Ain't Nobody Straight in LA by The Miracles. Um, and, and, <laughs> see if we've got it. It's such a beautiful song. Um, but yeah, I've got this like remarkable friend, Andreas. He's straight mm-hmm. and he's my DJing buddy. Um, good for a cuddle. Good for a cuddle and like really tender, like really kind to me and, and he lends himself to me in a way that a lot of other people that sounded really loaded <laughs> um, no but like you know we'll end up at a lot of parties and there's a lot of straight people and one other gay person there and everyone's like oh Johnny you should hook up with the one other yeah. gay guy and I go this is why pandas don't breed in captivity like yeah. it's too much pressure please stop <laughs> um, but like Dre's always like nah man that's not like I don't know he gets it he's like a proper ally and People always think that we're a couple, and then they then they go, "Oh, you're straight to Dre," and then they look at me and they're like, "Oh, you must be in love with him." And I go, "Yeah, I totally am." Not in a way that I'm feeling unfulfilled right now. Like, yeah, I would definitely have a what? What did they call it? A friendship commitment? A friendship yeah. commitment ceremony? Yeah, it was so beautiful. But I, yeah, I think the conversation that we're having isn't really about marriage. It's about love, and yeah. um, you know, just that, that it's not mm. about ownership. It's a, it's like a verb, and it's about how you treat people. Yeah, and it's also about what societal societally recognised as um, love and commitment, and how uncomfortable uh, so many people are with the idea that you can love someone and be actively in love with them without yeah. needing to change their name or and you can totally yeah. have you can be in love with your friends for sure yeah yeah and and it's also like 
not to the exclusion of all others. Mm. Yeah. So I'm allowed to have other friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, Dre, this is really heavy. Yeah, you, know, you just found that you're getting married to me. We did. We did. You did propose to me once. Aww. Remember? Remember? <laughs> I don't, I'm talking to you like you. <laughs> Go back we're, to sleep, baby. <laughs> we're going to play Ain't Nobody Straight in LA by The Miracles. You're listening to Agenda on Affair Radio. Uh, we're chatting to Johnny Hawkins about love and marriage. Love and marriage. Joy Boy. And we might uh, chat quickly about metamorphoses. Oh, yeah, let's track. do that. I really, I segued away from the film and then I was like, oh no, Richard's proof this shit. Nice people too, man. 
was The Miracles with Ain't Nobody Straight in LA. That was Johnny's uh, special request. Yeah. For his best friend. Look, you you heard me at the at the top end of that track. I um, sort of <laughs> say something that was a little more honest than I intended to be. But let's be honest. I'm here to to, to spook Joy Boy. <laughs> I'm so sorry for leaving your mic on. Uh, I love it. I love it. It's chaos. It's so it's so queer. It's so like irreverent. It's so great. Experimental you know? as yeah. well. I like the post rationalization. Yeah. Like I'm just querying. I my just love accidental. it. It's like when the show falls apart, you know that it's queer, you know? So it's like, yeah. We're participating in a great tradition. Speaking of how how has uh, Joy Boy been received? Um it's actually it's been terrific. So it's it's we got a terrific opportunity. So Create New South Wales and um, SBS, they gave us 30 grand to make a film. And they do this every year as a thing called the Generator Emerging Filmmakers Fund. Um, and so we were the uh, one of six recipients. Um, so what would happen ordinarily is short films get made and then they're put into a festival circuit and the regular folk never get to see them unless ABC or someone is like, oh, let's show that short film from five years ago. And it's not kind of... There was something that was really timely about our short film being around the whole Yes campaign and everything. And to have it televised was huge So in terms of short filminess. Like, they don't really ever get to see the light of day. They end up in, like, film circuit purgatory. So... Um, you're kind of on the landing page of like SPS on demand, and it's such an amazing image as well for Joy Boy. It's oh, like, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, it's like as you click on it, you're one of the main. Oh wow! You're the face so. of SPS. I'm the yeah. face of SPS. Yeah. <laughs> this is diversity, oh, maybe. Um, but so I've been. My phone is when it aired on Thursday night. I was doing a show at the Old Fitz called Metamorphoses, um, and. At the end of the show, I turned my phone on and it was just blowing up and it was really lovely. And there was, so there, there is um, a lot of scenes that are set in the church that I used to go to. Um, and there is, a, there is, I tried to be quite respectful of the religious aspect and I didn't want to damn anyone's ideas and I kind of wanted to keep it a little bit ambiguous as to what my decision was around God. It was the decision around sexuality is the one that mattered. Mm-hmm. Um but so many people that are in church are sending me messages saying, thank you so much for this perspective. I didn't know. Um, some people that I grew up with that didn't know, one of them sent me this beautiful message. He said, I wish I could go back in time and give you a hug. And, and I said, you don't have to. You did give me hugs back then. Like, that's fine. She was like, um, anyway. So it's it's different people have responded to it on different emotional levels. And people that know that world, I think, get the pressure of it. And I don't think that we've really seen much in terms of film content about that world, about the big mega church world. Um, so people are really interested in that aspect. And then some people want to know more about the kind of draggy flamboyance aspect at the end. And then George George played little Johnny. Oh, George, my gosh. Uh, he's, um, like, amazing. He, he is He's going to be huge. He's going to be huge. He has this most beautiful little, like, soulful voice. Yeah. And... He had the part before he even sang. And so at the beginning of the film, he sings Marilyn Monroe's Happy Birthday, Mr. President. But it's like spooky. Like it's, it's so good. It's so good. And so all of the other kids that we were auditioning, that was the audition piece. They had to sing this song. 
and you know they're coming in they're going happy birthday Mr. President happy birthday to you like, thanks for coming <laughs> I'm like smoking in the room um, but then George came in and he was wearing this like big fur coat and that's just what he was wearing that day and, and then he had these sparkly socks and um, he opened his mouth and I was like oh my gosh this kid but beyond talent, he's also the most like empathetic child I've ever met. There's the big cry scene. That's how I refer to the, yeah. the big cry scene. Um, he was on set and he ran up and jumped on my lap and he grabbed my face and he said, it's okay, Johnny, we all love you. Which made me cry even more. <laughs> he's perfection. Um, and yeah, also a part of like a really beautiful rainbow family. Yeah. And yeah, he's got like some really cool mums mm. and... Yeah, love that kid. Anyway. Yeah, he's amazing. Johnny, thank you so much for coming in today to talk to us. Oh, we're done? I could keep going forever. I know. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe thank you. we can. We'll just we turn can. the music on, leave the mics well, on. Yeah. <laughs> We've got grand plans to start a podcast, so maybe we could Definitely. chat to you for longer <laughs> when we have a longer time. Uh, we're going to leave you with this track from G Flip. It's called About You. We'll pop a link up on our Agenda Show page to where you can watch Joy Boy. Oh, that'd be great. And also to where is Metamorphoses still playing as well? Metamorphoses is on at the old fits most nights we're uh, on at eight Sundays we're on at five we're on until the 10th of March amazing we'll pop all of the links up on and the also internet. to Ash and Anne's yeah thing. sounds like a lot of people want to really listen to that yeah thanks for all your thoughts on marriage today marriage lost marriage uh, lost so. just FYI to FBI listeners <laughs> uh, next week we're going to talk a little bit about gendered emotional labour in the workplace uh, so like whether it's through body language choosing language to avoid coming across as threatening or taking on the personal problems of your workmates how does emotional labour play out in your workplace so send us a message message through our FBI uh, Agenda and FBI Radio Facebook page or you can email us uh, info at womeninthearts.com but there's some dashes in that <laughs> in the arts email address so I'll put Check that website. up online too um, thanks for listening. Now that I can see another part of me Hitting back, slapping the face, yeah, you were the key this other part of me Beating my chest, painting my breast Yeah, you were the key And you know You know that you were right You know You know I hate to fight You know You know I can't believe You're right you